what that person needs to do is start to crack the code across the entire organization in terms of awakening them to desire to do the work of of CX. Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast from Uniform, the podcast that dives into real conversations that are happening in contact centers around the world. Here you'll experience exciting interviews with well-known thought leaders, hear compelling stories from industry experts, gain fresh insights on contact center best practices and more. So grab a beverage and tune in as we get real with conversations that matter. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Randy Ksar. In today's podcast, we talk about mission-driven CX. Now, why is that important to your organization? So from my perspective, if you don't have the values that match up to the customer values, then that's a broken connection. You're not building the trust and relationship, the trusted relationship that you need to really solve the customer's issues, nor for them to come back and purchase more products. And I know, as we talked about in a previous podcast, we talked about how the contact center is a revenue-generating channel. And so in today's podcast, I invited Nate Brown, the Chief Experience Officer over at Officium Labs. He wrote a great guide uh, that was recently posted on the Officium Labs website. And we're going to dive into that topic today on the podcast. So without further ado, let's get straight to the interview. Next up, you'll hear myself interviewing Nate and just going through an insightful conversation and tips that can help your organization. Hey, what's going on, Randy? Hey, everybody. So we are super excited to have you here, man. So thanks again for joining us. So we wanted to start off with some rapid fire to kind of get to know you. And so we have a few fun questions and some serious questions, but really just to get to know you. Instead of doing the usual bio for a minute or two, let's just kind of get to know you on a more personal level. Sounds so great. let's do it. So what was your first job? Oh, my my very first job was a janitor at our neighborhood tennis courts. I had to scrape all the beer out of the bottom of the trash cans and all that. To this day, I have not drank a drop of beer because as a 14-year-old, I was having to clean all that up. Just won't do it. (laughs) But did you start playing tennis? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I became pretty decent at tennis, but now I've translated all of that skill to pickleball. (laughs) <laughs> which is the greatest sport in the world, if you have You know what? That, I tell you, man, everywhere I go now, because I'm a huge tennis player, everywhere yeah. I go, the pickleball is taking over the tennis courts. Yeah. So I we'll, get see, it. we'll see what happens the next year. But I think <laughs> there's some pickleball championships coming up. Next question was, who was your mentor growing up? Oh, that's definitely my father. To have the privilege of growing up with, with such an incredible man as my dad, uh, yeah. I, I am grateful every day. The hardest worker, smartest, so much love in our home, so much intentionality that he poured into me and my sister and my mom. And he just, he put a fierce integrity inside of me that I, I'm so grateful for. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I have a good relationship with my dad too. And I know that a mentor can also be not just your dad, but someone that's close to you and that kind of keeps you company. So the next question is about, tell me about your furry friend. I know uh, we saw him uh, oh, earlier. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about your, your dog. He's asleep over here. It is a mini golden doodle. I, I won't pick him up. He will not make a kind face for you. Don't wake a sleeping dog. You'll probably see him walking around the background here. Uh, but we got this dog, I guess it was about five months ago. It's okay. the first time I've ever owned a dog in my entire Oh, wow. Okay. Life. You didn't have one growing up. No, I, I just thought it was the weirdest thing, you know, that people love their animals so much. They'd have them in the car and just couldn't yeah. leave them. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I have two cats and, and I didn't have any pets growing up. I mean, I think when, when I was like right out of college, I had 
a gift from someone that was like a pet fish, like a beta fish. <laughs> and that was as much as I got. And then I met my wife and she's like, let's get cats. So, and, and here we are. Um, awesome. So when you are not advocating great CX experiences at Officium Labs, and we'll get into who that is, and when you turn your camera off, who is the real Nate Brown? Oh, you definitely get him. <laughs> <laughs> I've only got one ability to be one person, and, and to uh, sometimes to the chagrin of my coworkers, I, I'm definitely 100% Nate Brown every day, which is one part that I love about my job, is, is that I can just be myself at work, and, and they that's value right. that, they love that, that's, that's why they were attracted to me in the first place, was to be this ambassador ambassador for CX to be myself. It wasn't always like that for me. So it is, it's still freeing. It but is. As far as like some things that I love, I've got 10 chickens that I'm looking at out here. We're doing like some mini homesteading here in middle Tennessee. And I built a disc golf course in our little property out awesome. here that I've just been loving so much. And, you know, we just got trails. We're doing mountain biking and different things with, with the kids and uh, just loving middle Tennessee. Awesome. And how many kids do you have? Two. We got two daughters, 12 and nine. Awesome. Wonderful. Beautiful. And finally, for the last question, the rapid fire is if you were calling into a contact center and a celebrity was answering that call and kind of easing all your pains and kind of solving all your issues, yeah. who would that celebrity be? Oh, that's a great question. And for me, it's definitely Dolly Parton. Yeah, Dolly, she beautiful voice. And she's been doing a lot of duets recently. I know on the Christian circuit too. Yeah. Um, but that, that's awesome. Yeah. So have you been to Dolly World before? Oh, yeah. Dollywood oh, yeah. every year. And so I do call the, the Dream More Hotel that she operates. I mean, not like herself every day, but like she is there. Like you can see her there. We were there at the same time as her before. And so whenever I do call the hotel, I'm like, oh, it could be Dolly. Maybe this is her day where she gets on the phone. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Isn't that the best thing to do, right? You, you want to kind of talk to your customers. So I hope she takes that uh, advice uh, yeah. and, and does that. That's awesome. They were trying to put up a statue of her. The, the Tennessee legislator was, was spending all this money to put up a statue of Dolly and Dolly was like, no. <laughs> not, not while I'm around. There's other ways to spend that money. If, if I'm dead and gone and, and you all still feel like maybe doing that, I can't stop you. But right now, let's do something else. I, I just love her to death. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. All right. So uh, thank you for, for sharing a, a little bit more about yourself and uh, about your background. So we want to get into one area that where I met you, and that is through the CX Accelerator. So for those that don't know what the CX Accelerator is, can you tell us a little bit more about it and how it got started? Yeah, it's an incredible community on Slack for CX professionals. It's probably the most edifying and encouraging place that you could ever be. If you're somebody doing customer service or CX work, it's just there to, to help you along, to encourage you. This is tough work. Uh, you've got people that are very much like-minded that are struggling with the same things. And we can laugh together. We can work through some challenges together. We can brainstorm on some really innovative things together. Yeah. It's just a great space. And how did it get started? What was the original kind of genesis of it? Yeah, I, mean, I, I was feeling very lonely in this work. You know, it, it can be that way. If, if you're doing yeah. CX and you don't necessarily have a team around you of people that are, are dedicated to this work and you just feel like, oh, I'm just trying to make everybody want this as bad as I do. I just, I want this culture to be more customer centric. And, yeah. and you know, you can really get burned out quickly. And so I was like, man, where, where can I go? And, and the CXPA is great, you know, as far as like a local network. And sure. I've been plugged into that for some time, but it's like, man, I just, I want to bring these people together. And I had originally started a blog and okay. the blog was me writing stuff about, oh, here's what I learned. And then there's no discussion at all. It's like, this isn't what I wanted. I, I wanted to have a dialogue around cool stuff that is going on so we can be learning sure. dynamically together. I've always been a huge advocate for learning inside of community. 
I was like, we, we need a community for this. We need a good yeah. organic vehicle for learning about CX and coming together. And CX Accelerator was a fit for it. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and I found value in it too. I mean, yeah. I met people through there. I mean, this is one of the automated bots where you start being introduced to other people within the community. Sure. It's been super helpful, but also just like asking questions and, and kind of, you know, I think one of the number one things in my mind when we talk about a community is being vulnerable, right? And if you can go out there and say, I need help or what do you guys think about this without feeling judged or anything? I think that's super helpful. And and I think that's what that community does for me. And and that is, I think, you know, LinkedIn is amazing. If if you want to get maximum exposure on a thought, LinkedIn is going to be it. But if, if you're wanting to have a safe place where you can have a little bit of vulnerability there, that's why something like this smaller Slack community is really valuable. Yeah, the micro communities are, are great. So I think we already answered the next question, but it was around how important is the help of the community in your daily life? Yep. Is there a couple instances where, where the CX Accelerate community helped you? Fool me every day. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of being inspired, yeah. being energized by it, yeah. some great, fantastic ideas. But I mean, it's just so encouraging for us that are, are those channel leaders and in the leadership core of CX Accelerator, hearing these stories about people that were stuck people that were burned out, people that couldn't find a job, you know, whatever it was. And somehow a relationship or a trigger inside of the community was able to help them to overcome that hurdle. We hear about those stories on a regular basis. And it is so, so wonderful to hear that. I mean, I, I like to say all the time, this is not work that should be done alone. Right. And not even really work that should be done just inside of your organization. Reach beyond the walls. I mean, metaphorically speaking, because you're probably at home working, but reach (laughs) beyond the walls of your own office, your own employer, and see what others are doing. Be inspired by the great work that is happening in the larger CX space, because this work is evolving so quickly, so dynamically, you're going to be stuck a lot. You're going to be just spinning your wheels on on quite a few of the challenges that you're going to face unless you allow yourself to get outside of those walls. Yeah, totally. I mean, it doesn't need to be in the same industry. I mean, there's so many learnings you get from others. Yeah. So when we think about this community, I would say some maybe some of you know our, our audiences are contact center leaders. Do you think it's is as beneficial to those that are senior and, and have been in the industry for a long time versus those that are just kind of getting kickstarted? Yeah, I, I would say that. I mean, having a community, CX Accelerator, CXPA, you know, the, these different things. I mean, yeah. just breathing life into the work you're doing. It might be just slightly more important for somebody that's more junior in the space just to get on a solid footing here, because hmm. there are sadly a lot of people that that get into the customer service CX space and then ultimately very quickly move on out of it. They don't find a fit for themselves or at least perceive that they didn't. And, you know, if if they had had something like this at the right time and some folks to encourage them and grow them along, it might have stuck better. A lot of times this work is viewed as a transitional stage in people's career when, in fact, it can be incredibly rewarding. It can be a life's work and more. So finding people in that moment of truth where they're assessing, am I adding value here? Am I becoming the person that I want to be by doing this work and being able to partner and come alongside with them at that time? Yeah, cool. All right, well, we'll put a link in the show notes to the CX Accelerator. And towards the end, we'll also make sure we leave your contact information for those that want to reach out to you as well. Thanks, Randy. Welcome. So uh, next, you know, you are wearing a, a cool t-shirt uh, from Officium <laughs> Labs. Um, so that is your, your day job. So can you tell us a little bit about who Officium Labs is and what you do for them? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're creating incredible customer experiences. 
And, and we do that in, in so many different ways. I mean, you can think about it as the Uber of customer support in a way where we're connecting these incredibly talented workers in our talent place organization with organizations who need burst capacity. So it's this really flexible, modern approach to, to BPO unlike anything I've seen before, where it's just giving people a great opportunity to work, a way to decentralize wealth a little bit. And for people, no matter where they are, where they live, to have an incredible job that they can work for these great brands. That's what our heart is all about, is is making incredible working environments for people and allowing them to come right. alive inside of this work. And, and that's what Officium does, as well as the side that I'm even more on is, is customer experience consulting, leadership equipping and coaching and things like that. Who I just, I love doing that work and I, I get to do it with a lot of great organizations right now. Some of the top gaming studios in the world, environmental health and safety software. I mean, just logistical, like food delivery type app services. It's good and fascinating work. Awesome. And uh, where are you guys based? We're all, we're fully and completely decentralized. Okay. We've, we've right. got people in Sweden, in Europe, in India. We've got people in North Carolina, Nashville, California. Our paychecks come from California, where our two wonderful co-founders, Jonathan Shore and Scott McCabe, live in, in California. Okay. Uh, but we are we have been since the beginning, even pre-COVID, fully and completely decentralized. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So one of the things that when I was reading on your guys' blog, there was a post around mission-driven CX. And yes. That was the topic of today's podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about what is mission-driven CX? And then we'll also get into a great quote from your blog post, and then we'll actually show the infographic too. But let's talk about just defining what mission-driven CX is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's getting into the motivators of why people are loyal to a brand or not. I mean, we're being drawn to these organizations. It's forming a part of our identity, the choices that we make as a consumer. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's amazing how bold organizations are having to be today in terms of the identity that they're creating. There's some big stances being taken in terms of who they are, the impact that they're having on the world politically and otherwise. These organizations aren't just out here trying to make a buck anymore. Yeah. People are not drawn to that. People are drawn to an organization that represents them and their core beliefs and the type of company that's trying to create the world that they want to see happen. And that's mission-driven CX right there. Let's create experiences. Let's create a brand identity that's going to resonate and jump off the page with our group of customers. I've been calling it our tribe of customers that is out there in yeah, the world. We just have to go find them. Yeah, cool. That's in line with everything that I've been doing in terms of partnering with companies in terms of getting a new job, like I need to know what they believe in, how what they bring. I mean, this is, this is a big statement, like what they bring to humanity. And I think sometimes people are like, whoa, that's, is that really how you make decisions? Well, for a lot of people, it is. It is. And I think that's what we're going to talk about right now. Uh, so one of the quotes that you mentioned came from Denise Lee Yon uh, from Fusion. Customers are more savvy today. They see advertising rhetoric for what it is, and they no longer accept brands at face value. Mm. They are skeptical about the claims companies make. They want authenticity. Brands that live up to their promises and stated ideals. So I love that quote. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, people believe like 16% of what you read on a website. We ruined that <laughs> in, in the past generations. We're making empty promises, slapping out on the website. Here's our values. Here's how great we are. Here's why we're different. Putting that in text, get out of here. Yeah. You, you got to show me. You got to demonstrate that. And the way we demonstrate that as an organization is through CX. It's your ability to execute on this stated ideal, this brand identity that you've created and communicated and have now 
created inside the house first. And Denise Leone is brilliant in her book, Fusion, about thinking through your employee experience strategy and design as a gift, packaging it up as a gift that can be given then, extended to your customers authentically. And, and you can't separate these things. Brand identity, brand promise, culture, employee experience, customer experience. Yeah. This is a journey that is forming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's take a look at the infographic came from your guys' site. We love this one here. So we'll just zoom in a little bit more. So first one, when we're talking about brand identity, talk to us a little about, about that. Yeah, who are you as a, as a company? Make it clear and crisp. Make it unique and compelling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of organizations are so wishy-washy about who they are and who they're trying to serve. So think of it as you go to a website and if you don't know the answer of what the company does within five seconds or less, then there's a problem, right? I mean, what, what the company does, yes, but even more so why they do it. Why they do it, yeah. Okay. And yeah, I mean, exactly. And who who are you? Who yeah. are you? What What is motivating you to offer this service or product? How am I going to be able to be in a relationship with you? I want to feel like you're a person, person that I can understand a person that I actually want to be in a relationship with. And if I can't get that feeling from you, yeah. whatever interaction I had with you, whether that's a website or something very, very different in terms of yeah. the way that brands are putting themselves out into the world. If I've, I can't feel you, if I can't understand you, if I don't want to be in a relationship with you, I'm not going to be your customer. Yeah, that's for sure. It happens at the contact center too, right? Yeah. So that in terms of how people talk, in terms of what they offer, in terms of just the interactions, the tone, sentiment of, of people, right? Yeah. I mean, when, when you call ring customer service, it's like, Hey neighbor, like, yeah. they're creating this community where we're trying to protect each other. And that's built into their technology. That's built into the tone of their agents. It's like, Oh, I mean, what, what can I do to make sure that we're keeping you safe? And when you call them, you feel that brand voice translate through and it, it's really quite remarkable. Yeah. I mean, the voice is, is definitely key and, and something that we talk a lot about as well. Now for a short break, let's learn more about Unifor. Unifor is the global leader in conversational service automation. The company's vision is to disrupt an outdated customer service model by bridging the gap between human and machine using voice, AI, and automation so that every voice on every call is truly heard. For more information about Unifor, go to www.unifor.com, email podcast at unifor.com, or tweet at Unifor. Now back to the podcast. All right. So next one, break the CX silos. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, this idea of an organization looking around and reading Harvard Business Review and they're like, oh my gosh, this CX thing is not going away. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is becoming super important. Like we're losing market share because this CX thing is, is so real and it is so happening. Let, let's go bring in a, a CX team real quick. Let's go hire someone to, to do this CX thing for us. Yeah. And, and that can be, I mean, that can be great to help awaken things and make things happen and put things in place. But what that mini team does, what that person needs to do is start to crack the code across the entire organization in terms of awakening them to desire to do the work of, of CX. A CX change coalition is the way that this work is done. It can't be done over here in this little CX group right, right. on behalf of the organization doesn't work. 
Yeah, it doesn't work at all. We talked to Jeannie Walters before, and, and she talks a lot about you know the customer journey, but also just like the CX silos and, and how people just need to get along. But uh, and it needs, I mean, sure, it needs to be not necessarily centralized, but there needs to be a leader, right, an influencer that kind of jump sure. starts the conversation. That's all. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing this fascinating blog post right now with Ben Moderum talking about how how to build a great CX team. And like no one person can do this work because it is too complicated. There's too many factors. I mean, the, the work of, of the strategic element, the work of the design element, the project management and change management skill that is required, the scope of it, the employee experience, the brand experience, the customer experience, the analytical component that's going on here, the voice of customer engine that has to be created. I mean, if you can do all of that, I mean, literally, you're one of the Avengers. Uh, <laughs> for the rest of us, we need to have a good team of people yeah. that, that can supplement this work, coordinate this work together, and unlock the work inside of other functional leaders. And inside of sure. even all, going all the way into the frontline staff, where we think about performance management. Everybody's got these goals and these different things that we've created that, that align back to the highest level organization objectives. Well, if one of those highest level organizational objectives is the improvement of the customer's journey, then that should trickle all the way down. These leaders and these frontline staff, they should have a goal or two that aligns straight back into that CX initiative. Sure. And we've created it strategically so that it's not just people going rogue and, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this to improve the life of the customer. And then your neighbor's like, well, I'm going to do this other thing. And they're in conflict with each other. Yeah. No, you're, you're collaborating. You're working together. You're speaking a common language of change to break down these CX silos. That's how it has to be done. Yeah, no, for sure. So the next one is start inside the house. Tell us a little bit about that. What is that about? Yeah, and that, that house metaphor is Denise Leone. And she talks about you, you want to create this good, compelling culture inside of your organization. And you've made something very special here. I mean, a lot of people would call that a family. She, she calls it something different. She calls it a sports team <laughs> because a, a family you're kind of stuck with. You're stuck in the house. Think of this more as like the basement of an arena in which you've got the general manager, you've got the offensive coordinator, you've got special teams, you've got the defensive coordinator, and you've got these players who are on mission to win. And you are aligned together. You're a machine. And the best, the highest performing sports teams are those who can absolutely come together. They're flexible. They're versatile. They can make magic happen in the right moment because they practice the right things. It's muscle memory for them. They know how to depend on each other and trust one another. That's the type of culture that we want to create within our organization. That's how we deliver exceptional CX. I, I wish that more people <laughs> would hear what you're saying because it is so on point and definitely people need to have that that available. So when you think about employee experience, I know at our company, we, we make sure that people are living and breathing, not just the customer, but also the, the products, you know, dog food. And, and also we talked about, I think a little bit in your post about employee advocacy. How does that play in, into this mission-driven CX? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to alter that slightly to the to the word of ambassador, which is what was mentioned in the post. And this idea, I mean, oh, Sydney, our, our marketing specialist has done some incredible research to, to basically demonstrate when the brand is putting out content, people aren't going to notice it. I mean, maybe maybe some of the yeah. best brands in the world, you know, if Tesla puts out a post, yeah, people are going to notice <laughs> yeah. to degree. But when Elon Musk puts out a post, people go ape. Because again, we're going back, they want to relate to something. They're trying to relate to the brand as though it is a person. So when you have these celebrity CEOs or these celebrity executives inside of the company, or really 
anybody inside the company. It does not have to be a high-level executive, just somebody that loves their job enough to where they become a vocal ambassador. It's amazing what happens. And they're putting out things into the world that are returned tenfold more than anything a brand can pump out from their their own social handles. We, we want to create a team of ambassadors that truly love their work. Well, we're not feeding them, hey, go share this and you get 20 points on our gamification ambassador system. That's not going to feel like anything. But if, if they're sharing, I, I just had this remarkable experience inside of my company Check this out. Is this yeah. happening to, to you all? And they're like, no, our organization is not like that at all. I mean, you know, when somebody loves their job, you can feel it within like yeah. 10 or 15 minutes of being introduced to them. Totally, yeah. You, you just feel it and you want it's compelling. You're drawn to that. You're like, I want to know more about this company. I want to yeah. peel back the onion on this. Yeah, having these authentic relationships are, are key to mission-driven CX, uh, and I, I truly believe that's that's kind of the wave of not just the future; it's now is what's happening. And so, indeed, we we play a, a big part of having ambassadors, not just through employees, but also through our investors, through our partner community, through our customers. And so, we empower them, right? And I know that's a overly used word, but it really is what we try and do: is make sure that people have the the tools and the content necessary to, and the messaging necessary to get out there and spread the word. Yeah, and, and if the desire is there, yes, then those things are helpful. But but sadly, so many desire. organizations create this framework in which an employee could darn well be an ambassador. I've, I've been inside of an organization. Ah, it was just oh my goodness, they love yeah. to celebrate these concepts: diversity and inclusion, employee ambassadorship, sustainability. Look what we've done, world. Look at this report that we made. And if in the actual life of the employee, the actual reality inside of the organization hadn't changed in 20 years. Yeah. yeah. But goodness, they were trying to put up an illusion that, that it had. And um, there's nothing as frustrating to an employee as that type of, of integrity battle that's going on with what they see the company saying about themselves and the experience that they are actually living inside the organization. That's how you murder your brand ambassadors. Yeah. They'll be destroyed. Yeah. But if, if you are doing things authentically out into the world, you're delivering a great experience to back that up. Yeah. And you've got that EX culture that is there and people are living this out. Your brand ambassadors become everyone. It's, it's a group effort. It's that it's that winning sports yeah. team. That's what it becomes. Well, it goes back to the community aspect of, for instance, CX Accelerator. I mean, it's, it's all about the community and that, and that you empower them and that if they find value, then they're going to be able to, to do the ambassadorship that they want to do, right? You don't want to force it to, to them. Yeah. Right. So next, the last one we talk about is light your customer beacon and similar to what we just talked about, but tell us a little bit about that. Well, I mean, this is the idea of, of not everybody's your customer. <laughs> yeah. if, if you take a bold enough stance as an organization, you, you're not going to appeal to everyone. And, and that takes a lot of courage on behalf of an organization to realize that, to internalize that fact, and to then go after those customers that are meant for them. And, and just lighting that beacon in terms of, here's what we're doing in the community. Here's who we are as an organization. There's going to be people who want a relationship with you. Yeah. If you are clear, if you are consistent in that type of purpose, your, your customers come. 
Well, that is the four tips on mission-driven CX, a guide by Nate Brown. So make sure that you guys check that out. We'll put a link in the in the show notes and uh, it is on the Officium Labs website. And we'll put a link to that as well. So one of the things that we talk about, and we give a lot of strategic advice, but the question is, is around, does this advice, this mission-driven CX, does it apply to not just companies starting out as well as Fortune 500 companies? I mean, at what stage do people need to start worrying about mission-driven CX? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, nobody is safe from this concept. I mean, I, I think it's been demonstrated pretty, pretty clear lately that even these giant legacy brands are not safe from the things that are going on in terms of why we buy, why we are compelled to participate inside of an organization. We don't care to protect an organization because it's been here 200 years. The modern customers, newer customers, generally don't think that way. And they are very drawn to young organizations that have these principles that are, are sucking them in. They're being clear and compelling in terms of who they are. And it's amazing what can happen even as a brand new organization when you have that clarity of purpose. You can steal away some serious market share from behemoth organizations with these legacy reputations. So, I mean, if, if you're a massive enterprise level organization and you've been, I, I guess, maybe riding on your own coattails for a period of time, mm-hmm. you got to ask yourself these same questions. <laughs> Who are we? Is this clear? If somebody looks at us, are they going to want to be in relationship with us? Do they know who we are? Are we functioning as, as a person relatable enough to where we could draw in new customers? And those are the same questions for a brand new organization that is starting out on this journey. A lot of startups miss out on, on an opportunity to build this into the fiber of the organization in your first six months. You're so concerned about the, the product. Right. The product. Right. Is this going to penetrate? Is our market share going to, our, our competitive analysis going to be correct? If, if we put this out here in this way, are people going to come to the product? They're not going to come to the product, but they will come to you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If, if you create this larger experience and think in this way around mission-driven CX, suddenly it, it's a bigger conversation than the product. It's the customer making a decision of, I want to give these folks a try because I really like who they are. Yeah. Well, that's what everyone should be thinking about today. I think I know we talked about giving your contact information, but let's give it out right now because I think a lot of people probably have some questions around this and, and want to reach out to you. What's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah. I mean, at customer is first on Twitter. Would love to hear from you there or certainly within CX Accelerator or my officium email is in brown at officiumlabs.io. Awesome. And our last question, how do you think automation paired up with this mission-driven CX can work together? Yeah. I mean, automation is a, is a critical part of this brand promise that people are making. I mean, they're, they're putting out words that they're, they're going to be frictionless for you. We're, we're going to be seamless in, in terms of our ability to deliver this experience. We're going to value your time. It's going to be hard to do these things and follow through on that brand promise without some form of, of really intelligent automation here. If people are just trying to relate to you and and get quick information, be able to understand the the nature of of some aspect of the relationship in real time, having a great self-service capability powered by conversational AI and other things, having a really strong knowledge curation 
a back end of this where, where people are there feeding the, yeah. the automation real good, relevant knowledge that is in the customer vernacular. These things not only make the customer service environment so much more effective, so much more effective, but the entire organization is, is so much better and easier to interface with. And it, it gives you that, that personification that we're talking about. Yeah. When knowledge is there, then suddenly the, the organization can feel like one person. As That's soon true. as you move from implementation to finance to support, and there's different data silos that are there, and there's no automation bringing these things together, the illusion is ruined. Suddenly, you're not one person. I feel this way about you here. I feel this way about you here. And I don't even know who you are anymore. You know what? Just forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, knowledge needs to be centralized. That's for sure. I think, yeah, the automation side in terms of real time is, is key in terms of you being able to focus on what is most important, whether that's a customer or whether that's a, a particular you know, CX initiative, instead of kind of some of the boring stuff that we all, ha all have to do, I think that's going to be key. And that's I think, how AI and automation can help out. I had one major retailer uh, and I experienced an issue where there was a, an obvious breach of their guarantee of, of what this product was supposed to be. In this case, it was uh, raising chickens. A certain percentage of them were supposed to be hens. And... <laughs> A couple of them ended up being roosters, which what? was which was against the guarantee. And now I have these two roosters that I have no Waking idea up in the morning. what to do with. And, and they, they don't have any value to me for the reason that I bought hens. Yeah. And so in order to try and navigate this quote unquote guarantee, it has just been one of the most laborious, ridiculous processes. Nobody knew what the guarantee meant. Multiple phone calls, immediately having to channel switch into email. Oh, we, we got to oh, contact man. this hatchery over here. We have no idea. Nobody will take ownership of it. There's no automation whatsoever around this. So, I mean, and, and of course I go and look at the organization's values it's like, oh, customer first, accountability. We're going to own every issue. You know, we're going to do these things. And it's like, yeah, even from something's the, missing. Even Someone from the start, somewhere. like you, you dropped a guarantee on your website with no information at all about what this yeah. guarantee meant. And then when somebody actually needs to come back and hold you accountable to it, yeah, everybody's going to be confused. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. Well, I, I hope that. You raise those hens <laughs> admirably, and uh, they produce the things that uh, they need to produce for your family. I just thought um, about you find something to do with these roosters, but thank you, Randy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate your time today. I think that the uh, you know the goals uh, of CX and, and being mission driven is so key to organizations today. To people, uh, but people need it within their own job, right? Within their mm -hmm. own career to make sure that they are focused, that they are purpose driven. I think that is also a, a major initiative that companies sh should be doing. So I appreciate your time today. Any final comments before we uh, head off in, into the interwebs and back onto the CX Accelerator? I, I love your last comment there, Randy, on, on what. What you, I mean, you're not going to be drawn to an organization in terms of who you want to work for. Yeah. Unless you've navigated some of this mission driven conversation inside of yourself. Who are you? Who do you want to serve? Yeah. <laughs> Until that's made clear, you're not going to know which company would really make sense for you to serve inside of. Um, so navigating those conversations are critical. I tweeted like last night success is a personal definition. Don't buy into what other people think that success should be for you. If I had listened to that, then I would be still trying to be a professional golfer. <laughs> I demonstrated talent as a youth 
And then everybody just projected their identity, that identity onto me. If you're going to be a professional golfer, when in reality, that's not me. That's not what I want. That's not what I was meant to be doing right now. I'm doing what I was meant to be doing right now. So, you know, luckily I got some clarity on that early in my life. Customer service is wonderful and rewarding work. I don't have to be ultra rich. (laughs) I, I I don't have to be, you know, this incredible lofty job title in, in, you know, these other fields. So just navigate some of that in terms of what is important to you, what does success look like? And then those mission driven CX conversation of who are you and what impact do you want to have on the world? Align yourself, associate yourself with an organization that can help to power that. That's so true. And I'm happy where I'm at at Unifor. It's definitely something that I totally believe in what what we're trying to do. It's awesome. Giving a voice back to the customer. So again, thanks again. I appreciate your time. This has been a great conversation. And as always, we will put all the links to your LinkedIn profile, to your email, to Officium Labs within the show notes. And if you guys have any other questions, definitely hit up at customer first on Twitter. That is the best Twitter handle you can ever have. I'm sure there's a story behind that, but we're out of time today. So thanks again. Have an awesome day. This has been another episode of Conversations That Matter with today's guest, Nate Brown from Efficient Labs. Thanks again. And you guys have a wonderful day. See you in the next episode. Cheers. You have been listening to the Conversations That Matter podcast by Unifor. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast player and rate and review to enable us to create relevant and valuable content for your business. If you'd like to learn more about conversational service automation, visit unifor.com. Have a great day.